Hello and welcome to the Clubhouse, Golf Monthly's weekly look at the various different events around the world in golf. Today we discuss the latest from the tour, ask how we can get more millennials playing the game and answer your questions from social media. Hey guys, it's Brooks Kepka. Uh, I just wanted to welcome you guys to the Golf Monthly Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Clubhouse. My name's Tom Clark and as ever I am joined by Elliot Heath. How are you doing Elliot? Hello Tom, very good thanks. Uh, better than you, I'm not all plastered up. You look like you've um, had an injury or something there. I, I gave blood yesterday, Elliot. That's the first time you, you haven't mentioned that all day whilst I was sitting next to you in the office. I'm too busy working out there. Mm, doubtful, doubtful. No, I gave blood yesterday. But, you know, yeah. giving back to the community. You know, major respect for that. Indeed, indeed. It's not something I've done before. Yeah, I don't think your blood would be wanted. Yeah, that's probably true. Uh, did you play golf over the past week? Yeah, of uh, course you did. Had my first week of the autumn meeting and properly bottled it. <laughs> properly, you like this level par after. 11 holes, I think, yeah, and then finished five over with a double on 14 and a double on 18. Oh dear. Yeah, it was bad. And how did the doubles occur? Uh, was it, it was lost, bad. lost drives? No, so 11, no, sorry, 12, I had pitch and wedge into the green, made bogey. Uh, all because I had a warm-up before the round, which completely messed me up. Well, didn't compl- if you were level through eleven, then yeah, but like it can't it, have been that bad. Could it, it caught up with me, you know. Well, you were just tired. No, like I was just, I had no confidence in my irons after a terrible range session. So, I listeners, I would not recommend you practice before you run golf. <laughs> it puts you in a bad. Well, luckily you you're not on a PJ Pro, and you you can't you have no nothing to do with telling people how to to warm up or not to warm up people say like you that's just an excuse that's, and that is the issue with you Ellis, isn't it you always have to blame something else even if it is a warm up session just look at yourself and sort yourself out and then you'll be fine that's true but then on the 14th here I we go this will be another excuse here go on a 9-9 into the green a fox came and stole my ball no. <laughs> uh, and I made a double bogey a 9-9 into the green and you made a double bogey so I know but what, what did you do I was getting Technical in my swing because of the warm up I had pre round. So where did you what did where did you hit your nine iron? I pulled it miles left just like I did on twelve, and I, it was like dead in the bunker. So I duffed it out of the bunker, duffed my chip, uh, and doubled. And then eighteen, I just birdied seventeen to get back to three over. Uh, and then eighteen, I tried to make a birdie and I messed up my drive, and uh, just chopping it around basically. Oh well. But so was, where did that? So what was? Um, so where did that? leave you in the end like 15th or something oh, okay so and if you had bad, if you'd shot you know, level par where would that have left you top four probably and it's a two-week thing i don't really care about the week thing i just care about my handicap but, and has, you know. has that affected your handicap in any way no it stayed the same okay well it's not that bad is it but i've um got some mental baggage <laughs> that i'm gonna have to carry into week two week so. <laughs> You've got more than some mental baggage, mate. But um, uh, oh well, sounds like fun. Enjoying your, your autumn golf already, then. I like playing golf this time of year. It's, it's usually quite good, isn't it? Yeah, I noticed actually walking home yesterday. There are a lot of leaves on the floor. Yeah. So it's going to start. Winter is coming. To find your golf balls in the Someone rough. Someone once said. Um, yeah, there is a bit of that. I'm playing a golf course in a few weeks' time on my golf weekend away with my cricket boys called Barnum Broom. In Norfolk. That's a cool uh, name. 
well, quite. Um, and one hole is the one of the tightest drives in the world golf. It's and it's, it's tree lined with deciduous trees. And every time I play there, I've always played there in September. And uh, you hit your ball and, you get, and it's, it takes you quite a while to find it because there's just so many leaves on the floor. So, oh, it's good fun. Uh, don't use premium balls then. I don't use premium balls. So that's a waste because um, I'm not a premium player. Um, but yeah. Did you play cricket at the weekend? I did. We had a shocking loss, um, which means that we're just in the relegation zone going into the final game after your century the other week I know we won back to get back to back games and then had such a blow up last week that we only got one point from the game which is not very much because you can get maximum of 25 25 I know so uh, yeah we're in the relegation oh. zone but oh well <laughs> we'll have to it's wait and see we're only two points from the team above us so it should be quite exciting so uh, when does the season finish this Saturday's last league Ooh. game so there you go do you get relegated Yes, Could you? yes. Oh. That's why I just said that we're in the relegation zone. So, God. yeah. So, yeah. Oh, well, whatever. But our first team uh, won, and they're only two points from promotion, so that's good. But anyway, enough about my bad cricket career. Um, let's talk about some golf and a couple of exciting and um, excellent tournaments over the weekend, which we probably weren't expecting. Uh, the first one is Omega European Masters at the incredible Cransu Sierra course in Switzerland where Rory McIlroy was playing and Rory was in a five-man playoff. Uh, why have a two-man playoff when you can have a five-man playoff? Along with Lorenzo Gagli, Andres Romero, Cali Samuja. I've said that badly, haven't I? And the eventual winner, winner Sebastian Soderberg, who won his maiden European Tour title after coming through uh, the playoff. He was playing in his 50th European Tour event and is up to 107th in the world from 287. McElroy has now played seven of the last eight weeks and he's taken a couple of weeks off before the BMW PJ Championship at Wentworth. It was, I thought, quite an exciting tournament in the end. I didn't see much of it, but I'll say well done to McElroy for finishing second. People might think that was a bad week for him, but he's played seven out of the last eight weeks, like you said, so clearly knackered. And this guy has just had the week of his life, hasn't This he? guy, who's, the, who's this Sebastian guy? Sebastian so- Soderberg. Yes, this guy. <laughs> Um, what yeah. a great win though yeah, Lovely yeah it was, it was the exciting it's, they've had, they seem to always have a playoff in this event yeah. had poor Scotty Hens lost in a couple of them over the past few years um, but um, and Rory's had the odd chance and he nearly won this was nearly his first ever victory wasn't it uh, yeah in 2008 yeah and he just he completely he choked it well he bogeyed he bogeyed the last yeah Completely, ch- you you with compl- a wedge in hand. Yeah, I, well, it happens. He, I think he went about a yard too far over the back, didn't he? And he didn't spin back out the right. Yeah. So, um, yeah. I mean, relax. He's done quite well after that. No, I'm not it? saying he's, um, that's nothing to do with his career. But uh, Soderberg winning another uh, another Scandinavian winning. There's a lot of those guys winning at the moment, isn't there? Yeah. Come on, then. What Scandinavians have won recently? Um, I don't know. I can't think of any now. It's a good good golfing. Part of the world, isn't it? Though, have actually any Scandinavians? Well, I've just oh, we had Ken Holt win the British Masters. Oh, there, there's one coming. There you go. There's one. Um, Beauregard's doing well at the moment. One last year. There you go. There's another. Um, don't know. There must be some more. There's some others doing well. Norman and Stenson have had very good uh, last couple of years. Are there? I was actually Is Norway looking. Scandinavia? Yes. So, um, <laughs> Christopher. <laughs> 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 What kind of question is that? 
Uh, Christopher Rattan is uh, he's won twice on the Corn Ferry this year, and Victor Hovland is also. Oh, there you go, done very well. There you go. That's who I was forgetting. So actually, yes. Well, there you go. I think you've actually managed to back me up there. Scandinavians do very well, and uh, Soderberg, who I don't really know a lot about, um, you know, played very well, didn't he? And what a place to win it! Yeah, said he was having a terrible season and was just trying to get in the top one twenty, and suddenly he wins over four hundred grand in a day and has got his. European tour card secured, so yeah. happy days. Good luck to him, good luck to him. Um, and talking of uh, tour cards, let's move on to the Corn Ferry Tour Championship, which most of you be going, what is the Corn Ferry Tour Championship? Well, it's the web.com tour, but it's been renamed the Corn Ferry Tour. Um, what is Corn Ferry, do you know? I have no idea. No. Is it something that ships wheat products around the world? I think you're probably right there, I, yeah. I don't think I am. Uh, but the Corn Ferry Tour, at where it is like the Q School on the PJ Tour, really. So there's 25 spots up for PJ Tour the next season, isn't there? There's 50. So there's 25 Sorry, yeah. on the regular season, and then 25 in the finals. And this was the final of the finals. If, if anyone understood that, yeah. So um, it was your chance. That, so there's a lot of people are playing in who play in this, who it's for some of them, it's their last chance to get on the PJ Tour for, for next year, for next season, which actually starts next week. But then there's also the odd, like, randomer who will suddenly just go and play this one week because they can do because of their world ranking or whatever, uh, and it gives them a chance to suddenly leap into the PJ Tour for the 2019-20 season. And one of those guys was Tom Lewis. And the Englishman shot 23 under to win by, not only win, but win by five shots. So, which means he now has a 2020 PGA Tour card, and that completely changes his his outlook probably on his career at the moment, because he would have been on the European Tour. Obviously, he's won a couple of times on the European Tour um, at the Portugal Masters, where he seems to just own that. But suddenly, someone who first came onto the scene in the 2011 Open Championship when he won the silver medal, the same year that Dan Clark won, he suddenly could be playing quite a lot on the PJ Tour. Yeah, he's got. Do you a think he should? Now. Do you think he should? This is the question. Do you think he should? He, now, this is he's gone there obviously to try and win, but it would have been an unexpected victory. Um, he's going to get quite a few starts now because of that. It's a big opportunity, isn't it? Yeah, it's a it's a real dilemma on his hands because he's qualified obviously for the European Tour. We've got some massive events coming up, Rolex Series, BMW PGA, Finals and all that. But it's also the start of the PGA Tour season. He's just earned his card. There's more money on the PGA Tour. He's there at this time. Not at this stage, but if he can make it throughout the season. He's 63rd in the world now. If he gets in the top 50, then that opens every door. So he's got, got a really big chance now, hasn't he? So Because the... He's got a chance to play in the WGCs, he's got a chance to play in all the majors. Suddenly he can have a very, very good year. Yeah, I think he probably should come back just for the next two or three months and then maybe go January to, what is it, January to August on the PGA Tour. Do you think he would? Because with the Ryder Cup as well, next year. If he has a good year and he's, he's in the world's top 50, he's going to have a chance to get in the right account. Yeah, I actually tweeted that last night off my oh, did you? personal account. I never tweet. But he was so, so impressive. I watched the entire back nine and he flushed every single shot whilst all these players like DJ Trahan and Doug Gim 
were clearly nervous and struggling and battling to try and make that final spot. Lewis was just out front by miles, just hitting it 350 yards down the middle, hitting nine irons into par fives. He nearly got hole in one on the 16th with a wedge. Like that was just such an impressive performance. And also that's the first time I've ever watched the Corn Ferry Tour. <laughs> it was so good. Like you could tell that these players really cared. Like out the well, fed- of course you care. They, they're trying to. It's their livelihood. Some it was like it was guys. almost like golf that I've never seen before. Like all these journeyman guys or all these up and coming guys, just it, you could just tell how much it meant to them. And I thought the course was really good as well. And it was so great to see Tom Lewis perform at his absolute peak. So when he plays well, he does play very well. So they, when he's won the Portugal Masters, the Portugal Masters is usually um, a shootout. So. Who shot 59 there? Ollie Fisher. Ollie Fisher. That's it. And you have to be able to score very, very well to, to have a chance in those in those events. So um, he's got it. That's the thing with Tom Lewis. He's got it. And when he turned pro, we thought, oh, is he going to be the next big thing? And then he, he won reasonably quickly. Um, he won in his third pro start. Yeah. Which is, well, actually, that's more and than... And didn't win again for another seven years. Yeah, that's more than reasonably quickly, isn't it? So, yeah, when he won that in his third start, we're thinking, oh, he, he, you know, here we go. Uh, then it didn't really quite happen now. he's He just seems to be a bit more mature, and he just seems to have... As, as you say, he just seems to have a... He has a really solid game. Um, I tipped him a couple of weeks ago when he withdrew from the tournament, which I tipped him in. Uh, I don't know if he had a slight injury or something, but... Um, uh, yeah, so he, you know he's he's a very solid player, and he is one that we should look out for for the Ryder Cup. We should definitely talk about because he could win a couple of events next year. He could easily win on the PGA Tour. Yeah, and he, he and even night. if even even those things you don't have to win those. Even if you, could, if you have a few top tens, suddenly your world ranking suddenly can explode if you have a top ten when you're playing with five or six uh, of the world's top 10 the world ranking points are huge so um, yeah I think he's got a great chance now yeah well played Tom that was just so great to watch and one one, one note on the Corn Ferry Tour was that your your mate Justin Harding missed out by the narrowest of margins from getting his uh, PJ Tour card didn't he yeah uh, Lanto Griffin missed a six foot on the so, last who? Lanto Griffin <laughs> I know I know it's a hell of a name isn't it so if he made this six foot of a birdie on the last, he didn't care because he's already made his card from the regular season. If he made that, um, Harding would have got his PJ Tour card. And then Grayson Murray bogeyed as well, which pushed DJ Trahan and Richie Rorensky into the top 25. But Harding is, I think, 52nd in the world or something. He's won five times the last two years. And he's going to play on about the that, European but he will, Yeah, I'd say if you get in that top... 50 suddenly that opens up a lot more doors uh, and he missed the cut this week so you know it's, he can't really expect to have made it yeah exactly exactly we're now going to hear from a couple of Spaniards uh, and some quite big name Spaniards as well in the form of Rafa Cabrera Bello and Sergio Garcia a couple of tips that they gave us quite recently one is a driving tip from Rafa uh, on a, a specifically on rhythm and then the other one is on, from Sergio, and that's a power tip. So listen to these guys. The best thing on my swing, and this is what helps me with driving a lot, would be my rhythm. Uh, I I swing at a, a very, uh, you can call it a smooth, uh, with a smooth tempo. Uh, my favorite swingers uh, in the world, my favorite swings in the world, 
Ernie Els, Fetif Gosen, they've always had a, a really, really good uh, tempo and that's something that I have uh, been able to, to relate to. I mean, I, I'm not so much of a power swinger, but I do have a, a nice, wide, uh, elegant and smooth swing and uh, I, I managed to harvest the energy and then deliver it uh, to the ball uh, with, uh, with a, I mean, a fair amount of, of consistency. So that, that's what I would think uh, that helps me with driving. And this is something I, I recommend to all amateur players. I mean, sometimes I, I see them try to go at it too hard uh, and they are forgetting that the best way to maximize your distance is to actually hit the ball in the sweet spot of the club. Uh, and uh, with the right, uh, with the right, uh, I mean, with the right launching angle uh, and other specs. Uh, and to do that, you're probably going to do that more often and more consistently uh, if you're not swinging at 110 percent. When I try to hit a ball harder, I try to do my backswing at a lower speed. So then, you know, I can really time it well. I get to the top, and from there, I can really generate speed. You know, sometimes. You see people trying to hit a hard and, and they, they speed up their, their backswing, then they have to stop and then have to start over again. So I think for me, when, when you try to hit a hard, you slow down the backswing. So then once, once you get to the top, you can really unload it. There you go. A couple of big name Spaniards. Sergio giving some advice on power, Elliot. Do you think you could maybe use if a bit of a few power tips because you can't hardly hit the ball very far at all can you possibly well they essentially both said the same thing there which is just swing it slowly with a nice rhythm and don't go back too fast so yeah i might try that out this weekend and if you if you you swing it it any slower you're not going to be able to make the fairway are you well that's just you know that's not true (laughs) could come back This week, so what's happening this week in the world of golf? Well, we've got no PJ Tour uh, event again, but we have got a European Tour event with the Porsche European Open. And it's got quite the field this uh, year. Uh, last year, uh, Richard McAvoy won, uh, beating Bryson DeChambeau after uh, the American played the last four holes in five over par and completely lost the plot. But this year, there's a big field, including Paul Casey, Patrick Reed, Xander Schufle, and Matt Kuchar. Uh, takes place at the Green Eagle Golf Courses near Hamburg. Uh, McAvoy, who won last year, is 200 to 1 to win this year. Uh, do you think he's going to win it? No. No chance. <laughs> there is some massive names, isn't there? This is the, some, it's excellent. It's a shame there's not a couple of more big-named Europeans playing, actually. We're always saying about the Americans coming over to play, and suddenly we've got a few. And uh, I mean, Casey's there, obviously. But, yeah, it's um, funny why they're playing, actually. I think they're just seeing it as a chance to go over there. And, and Appearance play. fee money from Porsche, May, maybe? Maybe, maybe, maybe a little bit of that. But I know uh, it's the KLM Open next week, 100th KLM Open, I think, and Patrick Reed's playing in that as well. But Patrick Reed has always supported the European Tour. He's an honorary he's always, life member. Exactly, and he's he's played in... A, he tries to play in over here as many times as possible, doesn't he? So, yeah, he's also won a couple of events, I think. So, um, yeah, but there's a... Who, who do you think is going to do well? Come on, let's let's get down to it. Um, I would go for <laughs> likely the tournament favourite, Xander Schofle. When you say likely the tournament favourite, he is the tournament favourite. Is he? Uh, yes. Just because of, uh, you know... His he t- is. Let me look at my odds. He's 11-2. to two. That's quite skinny. I'll go for his German roots. Do you know, Xander Schofle has four nations. Can he you has, guess them? What do you mean he has four? What, he's, he bought them? He has them in his garden? Do you well, mean he... he 
he, he identifies as four different nations. <laughs> Go on. Do you mean nationalities? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, you yeah. Know what I, mean. I mean, I mean, yeah. Let's let's, let's talk English here. Yeah. Go on. Are you going to guess? Uh, German. That's one. American. Yeah. Can you guess the other two? Uh, British. <laughs> no. Canadian. No. French and Taiwanese. Italian. Italian. No. I've said them. South African. But yeah, so he's, he's a quarter German or something like that. It's, okay, so okay, well, okay. Let's, let's see him win this week. An American did well last year as well. Yeah, yes, go on. That, well, he's American as well, so maybe it suits suits that American style. Indeed, and he's it's, a brilliant player as well, <laughs> and he's tournament favourite, so he's clearly doing yeah, something yeah. right. So you don't you don't fancy someone who's played there before, done quite well. Paul Casey, what about Paul Casey? He's seven to one. Um, got course knowledge possibly been playing quite well Tom as I've said this before you're the tipster so come on enlighten us give us what we need well I've got uh, several names written down in front of me here none of them are big names I've gone for I think more I'm thinking I'm going to stick with the European tour guys Adrian House is he on there yes he is on there having uh, got me uh, uh, some each way money last week he's on there he's he's 30 to 1 and he's had Four top tens, uh, include three second places, and he was sixth last week. So I think the Spaniard's going to do really well. Um, and then who else should I tell? Sorry to butt in. I did notice that two of the losers in the playoff last week are around 150 to one. Yeah, oh, well, there's, that's the thing. There's always going to be someone of triple figures who finishes in the each way money. So it's, I would back both of them each way. Okay, do you want to... I'll give you... And then maybe one of them might I'll each give way. you an 80 to one... Guido Migliosi, 80 to 1, won twice on tour this year. And he was, what was what world ranking was he at the start of the year? You, any ideas? Um, 800? No, not, not that far. No. He was 530th. Was he? He's now 104th. Uh, I think he, those odds, 80 to 1, I think it's just, just far too long for him. Um, so yeah, there's two. I have got 100 to 1 tip as well. In the form of Adrian Otegu, right. who is on uh, what can only be described as an appalling run of form, having missed four four straight cuts, but he was fifth there in 2017. So I think 100 to one at Adrian Otegu. Why not? Why on the not? subject of players in terrible form at long odds, Scott Hend I think is about 200 to one. Hendo, and he did a great tweet this week about mistakes he makes, and one of them was uh, ironing whilst naked. So I think he might. Scott have Hend a is definitely one of the best Twitter uh, accounts on the internet, uh, but he's not playing great, which is annoying. I no. like Scott Hend. So uh, someone else who is playing this week, who is a bit of a shock, we haven't seen him playing for a while, is 2005 US Open champion Michael Campbell. Uh, who's making his first European Tour start since January 2015. Do you think Michael Campbell can roll back the years and take a win? Yes, I think he could. (laughs) Really? I don't know what his odds are. They're going to be very, very long. He finished second at the PGA Seniors Championship recently, and he is back playing pretty much full-time golf now on the senior circuit. I'm going to put some money on now. Now you've said that, Um, you've sold me. I've just sold. He had his first start on the Champions Tour last week or something and basically he like retired from golf in 2013 he played in Abu Dhabi in 2014 and 15 um, because he he was tired and he was going he through playing, he was divorce playing, he was playing, and he was playing very badly wasn't he? he he was playing particularly badly but he's got the bug back now and you know former major winner 
He's going to win this week, I think. How John. does how did Mark Michael Campbell famously he qualified for the US Open as well the week before the US Open at Walton Heath? Is it a week before, or two weeks before, whatever, just before in that in that in that one day that they have the US Open qualifying, one that won it at Walton Heath, qualified and then went on to win it, win the US Open itself. So um, he's got lots of great stories, Mark Campbell. He's a, one of the golf's nice guys, and maybe a couple of years off is what you needed, and hopefully. Uh, I really hope he does do well now. Yeah, I was taking the Mickey there, but now I'm, I'm going to put some money on him. Which will... I've got a feeling. Go on. I saw him at two thousand to one. Perfect. They're good odds. I might be completely making I'm that put, up. Uh, but... Well, you know, what should we put on? Uh, two pound fifty each way. Boom. Done. Uh, <laughs> there you go. Um, someone who, who, something that Michael Campbell certainly isn't, is a millennial. Uh, and Elliot has been a bit obsessed with millennials this week. Firstly, because I don't think he understands what a millennial is, but he's been asking on social media, how can we get more millennials playing golf? And what I think you meant by this is that how can we get people under the age of 40? Is that what you ask? Between like 20 and 40? Yeah, something like that. How we can get those guys to play, and girls, to play a bit more golf. And... You, are, you put it out on social media and we got quite a few responses. Um, and we're going to go through some, what, you know, some of them and what we think of them. So, Elliot, do you want to read out some of the responses we got? Yeah, so we had over 450 replies. That's, that's quite a few. On Facebook and Twitter. Facebook at Golf Monthly Magazine, Twitter at Golf Monthly. Join in the discussion there. Have a good read. There's good, some good plug that, Elliot, very good points. So I'll start off with Twitter. We've... We've had one from Martin Braunton who said, it would be great if golf would appear more in schools. This is where it needs to be introduced. Golf camps might be an idea too, like Jack Nicholas runs in the US. Get the kids playing the game early so they can catch the bug for the game. And I think that's a very interesting point, but that's not really what I think we need to do. I think you need to get more people starting the game from their 20s and 30s, if you know what I mean. So you actually say, well make it easier for people to start playing golf, but uh, but but at what age? In their twenties or thirties, when they've got a life, you know. I think I think what Martin's trying to say there is that actually, and I kind of agree with it slightly, is that for a lot of people they find the sports that they love at school or when they're when they're kids. Um, I'm a cricket coach, as you well know, Elliot, and we try we're really tapping into the kids from the ages of four to eight year olds because actually by the time that they're eight or nine they've actually chosen and but definitely by the time that they've got to secondary school they've chosen kind of their the sports that they really like and also the clubs that they play at so that's getting at a really young age is known as is known to be a good thing um but getting people into the game in their 20s and 30s is kind of the question um, I think that having given them at least a taster in school is surely a good idea. Yeah, definitely. No, that is a very good point. But I doesn't does it not happen already? No, I guess not at school. Where where does it where does it happen? Do you think that's where golf goes wrong then? Uh where well golf I think it's just there's too, so many barriers to golf. I think there is just too many barriers to golf. That's the problem. So you can play crazy golf. Anyone can do that. And when I was young, um, I used to play a lot of pitch and putt um, council run courses, which have now completely disappeared. There's now, I think I can think of three which have shut down 
all within about five mile radius of where I live. Must be the same around the rest of the country. Just here, Southwood is close, hasn't it? Yeah. Just a mile but from a this pitch, office. Do you know the pitch park where you used to turn up, you used to have tiny holes, but you used to be able to hire a wedge and a putter, get a ball, and then just go around and hit the ball. It, people, there's no way to even do that now. There are some places which do a really good job, with, and there's driving ranges which are trying to make it more interactive, you know, especially with top tracer technology and stuff like that. Yeah, I think that's crucial. Where you can play, um, you can play almost like a pretend that you're playing Pebble Beach when you're actually at the range and things like that. And I think they're great. But I do think there's so golf's, and you know, golf's no longer on TV either. So you take away some of the places which you could go to and play for, you know, like three quid or whatever, and you take away, take it off TV. So it's not actually in front of people's eyes. I mean, is it a shock that people, more people aren't playing golf? It's not a shock at all, really, yeah. when you put it like that. I, yeah, I'm thinking now, I've I've just started playing tennis quite a bit. And I bought a racket for... I'm not saying anything about your tennis skills. For 15 quid. We bought a membership to our council courses for 40 quid a year. Council courses? Surely courts? Sorry, yeah, council courts. <laughs> 40 quid a year, unlimited bookings. So that's like no money at all. There's no, no, that, obviously I'm, no dress code. Just that's, that's, that, but that's you, you. You bang right there. That's exactly the point. So actually, you're you've got into a, a different kind of sport for fifty quid. Yeah, pretty well, much, isn't it? I, the racket and, and a membership. Me and my girlfriend have halved that forty quid, so it's twenty pound for an entire year. Yeah, it's it's very good value, isn't it? And that's like not even. A round of golf, 20 quid. Exactly. Nine holes, maybe. And then if you want to get a membership and stuff like that, then it is, you know, it goes up and up and up. Now, obviously, golf is an expensive sport to play. It's an expensive sport to keep golf courses up and running. But surely, with the amount of money at the top of the game, some of that should be invested better by some of the people running the sport. Definitely. So um, the, the Jack Nicholas point about golf camps and stuff like that, they could easily be then run centrally by the, I feel like the English Golf Union or whether it's the RNA or it's the European Tour, where they actually have proper places which are, you know, they're not, they're not high end. These are for the best golfers in the world or the best golfers in the country. They're not academies in that way. They just come and play golf. You know, just come and play, have some fun. It's cheap. Um, it's easy. Family's welcome. Stuff like that. Um, no dress code. Things like that. Where I just don't think there's that at the moment. So I've got a stat for you from the England Golf Membership Survey last year. The average golf club in England has 429 members over the age of 35. Under 35, it has 73 so that's 429 over 35, 73 under 35. It's just mad. Like, what is the future going to look like for golf clubs, apart from in debt or going out of business? Yeah, well, I think that's a fair point. And I think the thing to just clarify that is we're not saying it's a bad thing that there's 429 members over the age of 35. That's not the fit. No. That's not the thing to think, oh, hang on, there's more of them. It's actually, it's just the loan. We want to keep those guys playing. You don't want to, you don't want to alienate the more traditional golf member or anything like that, in any way, shape, or form. But I think there's a way that golf clubs can attract under thirty fives to the game a bit better than they do currently. Yeah, because 
not everyone wants to play every single week. Like even now, I'm finding it just. You play about three times a week. No, I play once a week, and I'm starting to question my membership. Like, weren't you going to be an artisan member? But I'm to that. Yeah, I'm on the waiting list. But oh, you know, yeah, that's, yeah. we won't talk about that until next year, perhaps. Um, but yeah, it's just it's just a lot of money, and it's really hard to justify. So I think what are they called. Like flexible membership flexible memberships and credit schemes things like that should be universal and there's a good question on here about was there a good question about handicaps and why you have to be a member yeah. of the club and th- that is that is something that mem- that clubs do kind of hold over their members isn't it it's like you know if you want to have a if you want to have a handicap a proper handicap you know you've got to be a member of a club but I think there are ways that you can make it a bit better isn't it Make yeah, it easier for people. But for people my age who perhaps they, their dad isn't a member there, they don't have mates that they've grown up playing golf with, you need to make the clubhouse and the club somewhere that they want to hang out. Mm. So I think bringing in gyms yeah. should be more more widely seen. I know it costs money, but you would get money back for that. Social events for the younger demographic, not Rod Stewart tribute nights, not... Stuff like that. No, I'm sure you know they do have their place in the market. <laughs> well, I think I, th- I think you, you know got, younger things like yeah, you, cocktail nights and deals and. But I know, but things there are clubs out there that, that do these things already, and they do them really well. And there are some clubs yeah. which do it horrendously. So you can go to you go to a club on a Friday night, and it'd be rammed out. There's one that my brother's a member of, which I know about, Romford Golf Club. Yeah, they have got one of the best social scenes of any golf club that I've ever seen every single almost every single evening they're busy but every single Friday they do a big members draw where they have a big big cash prizes and it builds up and if you're not there on the Friday night then you can't get the can't get the prize and stuff nice. like that and I always see them on so really good on social media you know and they're not run by you know young guys or anything like that they're just I think just progressive and forward thinking and always the, you know that's that's a really decent club to to look at. Other clubs, which I won't mention, you'll go in there on a Thursday or Friday night, and they are empty. Yeah, there's hardly even a member of staff behind the bar. So, I think I know the clubs which do well and the clubs which don't. But you've got to be progressive. You've got to try and put on good things. And the best way of doing that, I think, is to try and get people through the door and have flexible membership schemes. Yeah, I think shorter formats as well. I know it's talked about a lot, but Romford or something, they I know they're doing fine, but a golf club could have a six-hole Friday night shootout or something, things like that. And then buy one, get one free in the bar when you get in or 10 quid for dinner and a pint or whatever. That will make people want to come to your golf club and spend money. Otherwise, they, they might cancel their membership. They might not even join because there's just nothing keeping them there. Mm-hmm. Um, and Jazzy Goldfug replied to us saying good social media page and website and I think that's crucial as well and there is a certain Twitter account that we follow isn't there that just retweets political things and it's yeah like, you need to really engage with the millennials so to speak yeah and well I think you just need to make that's a great way you just need to it's not like about oh you've got to do well on social media it's just have a clear clear social media presence just like you don't have to tweet every five seconds but you having a twitter page and posting up the results from the comp or some pictures of of some winners recently or some nice pictures of your golf course 
that's that's all it is because then people will find you and i mean if we're having a good website how is 2019 how we still talk about golf clubs having bad websites is beyond me especially when some of those clubs are struggling because that is where the first place anybody who goes to your golf course will look at whether yeah. they're coming to play or not or they're just interested in your golf course that is the first place everyone will be on their phone googling your golf course and if you've got a rubbish website or not a website or you can't have it you can't find any details about how much it's going to cost or when you can play or anything like that then you know you're just shooting yourself in the foot so um yeah very well said yeah i mean that my i always have my my being on it about golf and tv and how how well they can maybe sort that out um at the moment unfortunately only people who can afford sky can really follow the golf which is a complete pain, isn't it? So um, Yeah, here's one from Keith Weaver on Facebook who simply says, Price. Golf is an expensive sport. Clubs are outrageous for a beginner golfer. Plus, the pay, uh, the price to play around at a good track can run you $75 plus. He lives in Hilton Head, South Carolina. Lovely part of the world. Uh, most millennials and young people can't afford to pay that. Which goes back to my tennis point. That's like twice as much as I paid to play tennis for an entire year yeah. for one round of golf but then uh, yeah but then at your tennis court they might have one tennis court which then needs to be looked after which t- takes very little time and a stray cat and a big hole in it and you know well exactly yeah well, stray, yeah <laughs> uh, it's actually very good shout out to camberley council um well i oh, know yeah and there are some that makes it very easy there are some that used to be uh i remember where we used to live you used to have to pay to to use the tennis courts now you don't have to pay to them they're just they're just there so obviously they are a lot easier to upkeep than a, than a, a whole golf course but um yeah i do think it doesn't quite make sense does it i know we had a letter sent in uh, to the magazine last week which one of the members of staff got on his high horse about saying they were being unrealistic because um roy mcelroy won 15 million dollars why isn't some of that money getting put into the grassroots of the game um but when you look at this and you look at some of the struggles that the, that golf clubs have and the golf clubs are the people that uh, breed the next professional golfers, you do wonder how far something's, how far it's going to go before suddenly there's only going to be a few golf clubs out there or that there's going to be more golf clubs which can't look after themselves. Um, maybe some ties with bigger business or something like that's got to be done. I don't know. Or... <coughs> How about this? An 18-hole club that is struggling splits its course into three six-hole courses and just markets it intelligently that way. It doesn't have to... It's already split into... It's split into 18... Yeah, no, but, like, single you know, hole officially course. does it. I don't... Yeah. There's loads of different ways. There's loads of different ways to do it, and the, the lack of flexibility is away. But the, going back to your original question, Elliot, which was how do we get more millennials into golf? Time, money, stuff like that. Is that going to really make them play more? It could help, but yeah, ultimately golf is, as Lee Westwood said recently on BBC Five Live, it's too hard. It really is. Like, if you want to get down to 18 or 12 or something and you've never picked up a club before and you've got a family and you've got a job, you're going to be there for two years, probably, aren't you? So, so maybe more pitch and putt, yeah, more, par three yeah, courses, stuff like that. I think that's where you can join, because that's where you can pick up the game, you can get round, it doesn't take too long. 
Um, this is what George you can take Rogers the fa- says. You can take the family as well. You know, you can have a quite a young son or daughter who you want to take round, and they can play play as well. So I really think that's when we've had all these <laughs> different crazy ideas at times about how to change golf, golf with two holes in it, golf with you know no flag, golf with all this. Well, actually, we've already got. It's always they always call it the golf. How do you find the twenty twenty of golf? Because they say the twenty twenty helped really help cricket. I know I talk about cricket a lot. Um, and they go, oh, how can we make the twenty twenty? You've already got it. In my opinion, you've got the path. You've got path three courses. Just do that. You know, we have a path three tournament at Masters every year. Everyone seems to really enjoy that. Yeah. Do you enjoy it, Elliot, or do you not like it? Um, I love the course. Yeah. But could you imagine being a beginner? hitting the ball I don't know 180 yards and very inconsistently and having to play all these 400 yard par fours it, that can't be fun well Whereas no pitch not. and putt must pitch yeah, and putt awesome. you can have a you can hit yeah because it's just that, that's the thing because you can hit a bad shot but the bad shot will be with a wedge and it you might miss the green by 20 yards and that's fine yeah, uh, George Rogers on Facebook said pitch and putt courses have been shut down. This is surely the biggest problem. Re recruiting new players and will be the death of golf courses unless reversed. So um, he agrees with you. There. Should we start up our own pitch and putt course? Oh, yeah. Where can we do it? The uh, back garden. How big is your back garden? Uh, it's a shared back garden. Are you friendly with the neighbours? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, there you go. We're sorted. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. I think they the. Uh, Unfortunately, the the cuts to councils spending means that all the golf, all the pitch and putt golf courses where I usually live are now wildlife areas. That's what they call. Yeah, that's what happened to Southwood. Yeah, so they're wildlife areas, i.e., they're left to just get overgrown, and maybe every now and then there's a path cut through it. Yeah, because it's easier to do and costs less. But hey ho! But you know, I love golf. You like golf and our <laughs> listeners you all love golf so you know we're not saying it's in a terrible state at all I'm just you know just thinking about the future and how could it be a little bit more inclusive for the younger age and people who are in if, love with the game and yeah. don't have if to if you've play. got other ideas to help others get into golf then you know let us know because um, yeah we'll do we'll, Elliot will do a web post on this in the near future uh, we've got a few more social media questions any that you want particularly pick out yes there was one um steve cornwell on facebook i have done a bit of research for you um, what's the question uh, the question was ideas for a tournament spectate and play also golf holiday question mark which we think means ideas to go on holiday and to watch a golf tournament and then also play golf on another day yeah so steve i assume you're from the uk so i've suggested get on a, a short haul flight or maybe even get a boat or even a car to Belgium and go and watch next year's Belgium knockout at Rinkven Golf Club. He might live in Belgium. He might do. Beautiful tree-lined course. Watch some some fast and fun nine-hole match play. And then you could go play Royal Limburg, number two in top 100 courses, Belgium list. That is very near Antwerp, which is near Rinkven. So maybe you could play Rinkven as well the week before perhaps Royal Zoot on the north coast number one in Belgium and then you could go feels like I'm with Judith Chalmers here you probably don't know who Judith Chalmers I don't know what that means yeah and then you could go a little bit south down to Brussels and play Royal Golf Club de Belgique so what you're saying go on holiday to Belgium 
Yeah. You know I love my There's, new I think there's somewhere closer to, to home that you could do it. You go to the Alfred Dunhill Lynx Championship. Yes. St Andrews, you've got to have... There is so many golf courses around there. You can go there... So on the first three days, they use three different courses. So you can go and watch some some great golf courses, including, of course, the old course at St Andrews. But there's so many places to play around there. And the family would love it. See yeah. their favourite celebrities. Well, I wasn't going to say that. I was, I'd say it's nice. You've got the beach there. You've got the nice town of St Andrews and stuff like that. Not it's, really a holiday destination, though, is it? In October time. It might be slightly chilly. Steve might be looking for a bit of sun. Well, he doesn't say that, does he? I'm just giving him options here. But that's always a good time to go and, you know, I think it's a good place. And also, I'd say, look out for where the British Masters is. Because the British Masters, at the moment, has been wandering around the country a bit. Uh, my brother went up to watch at Hillside. Was that this year? Yeah. Yeah. And um, fantastic. It's around that, you know, England's golf course, uh, golf coast, sorry. Um Went to see a, a, a day's play at Hillside, which he absolutely loved. And then I think he played, I can't remember where he played. I think maybe at Formby or something like that. Um, and also you've got Liverpool on your doorstep and Southport on your doorstep if you want to go for a night out. Or It's in close, It's up at Close House next year in Newcastle. Yeah, Close House, not far from Newcastle at all. Uh, great things to do. So there's always, yeah, there's, there's a few UK options there. Irish Open as well. Look out for where the Irish Open is going to be. Because the Irish Open is always... Uh, a really good place to go and watch because you usually get really big crowds and again you'll have really decent golf courses nearby and they're usually pretty well priced as well yeah uh, KLM, KLM Open as well um, Belgium and Holland are two great golf destinations that I would love to go and play and one more which I will say is don't forget the BMW Championship PJ Championship at Wentworth always pretty easy to get tickets for uh, really Amazing place to watch golf, isn't it, Elliot? One of your favourite places in the world. Yeah, then have a little Surrey tour. Then you, there's plenty of really good, and and you, you'll you'll know this being uh, at a golf course which probably isn't as completely fashionable as some of its near neighbours. I'm not taking the Mickey out of West Byfleet at all. It's a it's a really nice golf course. What I'm trying to say is it's a nice golf course, and you know you can get on and play, can't you? Especially if you've got county cards. Go play Liphook, go play Hindhead, go play some cheaper ones. Well, they're not they're not super cheap, but, you know, they're not but 200 quid around like yeah, some of them. Yeah, exactly. And there's really good options, really nice Heathland Golf, which you obviously love, don't you? Yep. There you go. There's there's plenty of options even there. There we go. Which three professional players would you pick for your Texas Scramble team? Paula Creamer. No comment. Probably Rory. And Sergio, I think. Be my three ball. Although actually, Sergio might be a bit moody. So, um, someone happy and funny. Um, oh, Scott Hend, Scott Hend, Paula Creamer, and Rory McIlroy. You, you have, you have failed to pick Tiger Woods or Ian Poulter, who I thought were your two favourite. Yeah, they were the obvious ones to go for. One, well, it's who you would have. I'd have um, who would I have? I'd have um, Tiger. Rory and who else would I have? And do you know I'd I'd also have Justin Thomas as well because I think he's nice, really, really good golfer. There you go. Yeah, so we got a lot of questions this week. Sorry, we can't answer them all. Should green reading books be banned? And should yardage lasers be allowed to save time? From Dicky Moxham on Twitter. 
I think, yes, yes, green books should be banned and yardage lasers should be allowed. Yes. The very short answer to that, I think we think yes. We think yes, green reading books should be banned and yes, lasers should be used because it's quicken everything up. And, you know, what's the harm in it? It's technology. Move with the times, guys. And also... <laughs> Move with the times, guys. <laughs> you do not need a book to read green. That's not why they got out on tour. Uh, Anthony Lander as well on Facebook has said about lasers as well. Um, say we disagreed with him in a previous podcast. Maybe we did. But we agree with you now that they should be used. Y- yes. Do we both agree with that? We don't usually agree on things. I agree, yeah. Okay, I think I agree as well. There you go. Right. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week to look back on the European Tours action in Germany and head to the PJ Tour season as it suddenly is the 2020 PJ Tour season, even though it's only September. As well as looking at a bit of a preview to the Solheim Cup and the KLM Open. Remember to subscribe to the podcast on your usual provider and rate and review us. Follow us on Facebook at Golf Monthly Magazine and Twitter and Instagram at Golf Monthly. Elliot, it's been a pleasure as ever. Yeah, thank you. Indeed. Hope you don't choke when you play golf this week. Cheers. And uh, yes, we'll speak to you next week. <laughs> <laughs>